Hello, and welcome back to That Fucking Podcast with your host, That Fucking Guy, LJ Sullivan. What's up, everybody? It's episode five, bitches. Yeah. So, uh, let's go into, uh, straight into the housekeeping, the intro. Hope everybody's doing good, living well in the pandemic, you know? Uh, so, uh, yeah, we're still full Rona, still full Rona out here. Um, it is April 20, is that, is is that April? Yeah, it's April. April 26th, man, it's, yeah, it's all running together now, isn't it? Uh, it's April 26th, 2020, full Rona season, COVID-19. That's not all I'm gonna talk about today, but... Shit weighs on you sometimes, man, you know, in quarantine, sometimes you jump in and out of it, you know, sometimes, sometimes it's like it ain't no thing, like it's just another long weekend, another spring break, you know, you're just chilling, you know, unless you're not a person who, like, would hang out in the house during those times, but if you are, if you're a little more introverted, sometimes you just lapse and it's just like, oh, yeah, it's just summer 2012 again. Um, it's not. It's 2020. It's spring. This shouldn't be happening. I should be working. Uh, <laughs> speaking of should be fucking working, it's Sunday, so we all file unemployment on Sundays, right? Uh, so <laughs> fucking did that. And uh, I think I'm going to talk later uh, about fucking being on food stamps and the bullshit they got people out here trying, doing just to get fucking food. It's some bullshit. The unemployment shit's relatively easy. The requirements for food stamps is insane. So, like, I don't know. That's just weird to me. We'll talk more about it later. We're still on intro housekeeping just uh how long has it been since we last recorded not that long baby not that long you know i think this is actually the shortest we've had in between recordings so what'll be interesting to see is uh if the boy can go a whole fucking hour you know without (laughs) having too much lived experience to talk about sorry about the alarm going off in the background that's an alarm in my phone from another time back when open mics and shit meant something um (laughs) that was my alarm that used to uh let me know it was time to sign up uh online for the open mic on mondays on mondays there used to be an open mic in a place called the mad swede brewing it was glorious those open mics the monday open mics do y'all remember the monday open mics Oh God. Okay, yeah, no, we can't we can't get too sentimental, man. What do we got on the docket today? Uh okay, yeah. Update on the corona. What have I been doing with coronavirus? Everybody's talking about uh what they watching on like Netflix and shit. Yo, I've been in a fucking YouTube hole most of the uh most of the epidemic, you know. I got a lot of different things on YouTube I like to watch. I got cooking videos that I like to watch. I got a bunch of video game and comic book nerd shit that I like to watch and hella podcasts to listen to. I listen to a lot of my podcasts as though they're like talk shows. So I watch the like visual of them sitting in the studio talking Um, like uh, 
with JRE in your mom's house and the whatnot. They always they have their YouTube uploads, uh, you know. So I like to listen to those. But then also listen to a bunch of podcasts not on YouTube over there on Stitcher and shit, um, and uh, on Anchor. I think this is gonna be on Anchor. I'm looking at different different. Uh, different release options cool thing about anchor is it's free and they put it out on other platforms for you so like the strictly audio podcast i think that's what we'll be going to going with uh but i listen to all types of podcasts you know office ladies uh the duncan trussell podcast uh wisecracks is a youtube channel i listen to their podcast a lot and i watch their youtube uh, yo there's so much shit online you don't even need you don't you don't need nothing else but uh well actually strike that yeah you do because i got sick of <laughs> it, i ran out of youtube shit which you don't think is possible but it can be uh just wait a few days and it'll re-up but i ran out of shit uh ran out of shit for the time being, so then I was flipped over to Netflix. I was looking for something good on Netflix. I've been hankering for a new docu series, for a new, cause the the Tiger King done wet my beak. Have I talked about Tiger King on here at all? I don't think I've talked about Tiger King on the podcast at all. Should we talk about Tiger King, y'all? Everybody's talking about goddamn Tiger King. Should we talk about the fu- the fucking Tiger King? I don't have any hot takes on Tiger King. Yeah, it's fucked up. Carol Baskins did that shit. Uh, <laughs> like, what's weird is the weird arbitrary lines that they draw within their own community of, like, keeping tigers. Like, that bitch thinks, like, what she is doing is fundamentally different from what Joe Exotic is doing. And Joe and her both think what they're doing is different from what fucking Doc and and tim what's his dick is doing and so like everybody has their own like ethical book they're running by that is usually like a pamphlet and very thin and not really substantial at all meaning saying there's almost no ethics happen no ethical considerations it's mostly about tigers it's mostly about loving the way that tigers look and wanting to have a lot of fucking tigers and then a bunch of other shit that comes with that and then meth and then a bunch of other shit tiger king was dope i like tiger king but basically what had happened was tiger king done wet the beat man i uh i'm kind of somewhat known amongst the comedy community uh as being having a lot of jokes about documentaries i go through phases where sometimes all i'll watch is documentaries sometimes i won't touch them at all but sometimes all i'll do is smoke weed and watch documentaries like that's my shit uh and so i got i got that hanker and i was like oh, i need a new docu-series man what you got netflix baby what you got i need them docs baby um so you know I uh, I looked it up, and uh, they got this series over there on Netflix, Dope. It's just called Dope. The show's not dope. The show is dope, but it's also called Dope. They kind of did what I'm trying to do with it. God damn it. They, they who's on first me. They motherfuckers. Mm, God damn it. See, because that's the idea with this show, is that fucking podcast, so then when you have to go tell people what podcast it is, you're like, that's fuck podcast, and then what just happened to me is the show's called Dope, but it's like, oh, that's a cool show, uh, 
I'm down to watch it. What's it called? Oh, man, it's dope. Oh, I understand that it's dope, but what is it called? It's called dope. No, stop fucking with me. What is it called? It's dope, man. <laughs> That's basically, I got, fuck, man, they pulled a reversal on your boy, dog. Anyway, <laughs> watching this show, dope. And it's basically, did y'all ever watch the show Gangland on, like, History Channel in, like, the early 2000s? Um, that was me drinking water. I've been trying to drink more water lately. Um, by lately, I mean today. Um, <laughs> I don't know. At some point today, I just had a moment of clarity. Like, man, you thirsty than a motherfucker. Drink some water. Um, you always just drink, like, coffee and then, like, some juice during the day. And then alcohol at night because quarantine. And it's like, that's no way to live. You need to drink some motherfucking water. Shouts out to everybody listening to the... To the shouts out to everybody listening <laughs> Did you hear what happened right there? <laughs> Tripping over my shit. Shouts out to everybody listening to the podcast. All the subscribers. Drink some motherfucking water, man. <laughs> drink some water. Make sure you're taking care of yourself, baby. Uh, so... Yeah, man, I'm watching this show, Dope, on Netflix, and it's a lot like Gangland back in the early 2000s. They just talk to, but they're focused on drugs purely. It's not so much about gang activity. I mean, gangs push drugs. Um, but they really what they do is they focus on, like, one drug each episode, and then they, uh, they um, like, look at all the ways that that, like, they focus on a drug and they focus on a city, um, and then they look at like all the ways that drug flows in and throughout the city. It's super interesting, dude. Like they do shit with like uh, with different gangs and the cartel and stuff. So like every episode, like you're with like a gang member or a cartel member or maybe somebody who's just doing their own solo hood rat shit. Because um, there's them motherfuckers out there too, um, trying to make a dollar out of fifteen cent. You know what I'm saying? Uh, so <laughs> they out there um, doing their shit, and a Netflix crew is following these criminals. Um, and then they also follow the police in the same area to watch them bust motherfuckers and get their side of the story, too. Um, and what's always so crazy to me in this show, I don't know if Netflix meant it to be this way or if it just says more about who I am as a person. At the end of every episode, you definitely feel more sympathetic for the criminals than you do for the officers. Like, them motherfuckers just out there living, surviving, trying to do what's right. And then these fascist authoritarian pricks just show up, bust up the whole party. Um, It's fucked up because on episodes like Cocaine and Ecstasy, you're like, ah, can't we just not... Can we just let people get high, man? But then, like, they show people freebasing cocaine, and you're like, all right, maybe this is this seems to be putting holes in people's brains. Maybe don't do that. And then they show people doing heroin, and you're like, okay, clearly we should be doing something about the heroin. The heroin cannot, and then they're like, the heroin is now being laced with fentanyl. Fentanyl is 50 times stronger than heroin. Look at what fentanyl does to a human body. And then they show it to you, and you're like, all right, okay, so we need to stop this. Where's the fentanyl coming from? China. Uh, everybody's all worried about Mexico. Man, Mexico deals in whatever the fuck America wants. Uh, but China is on, like, some opium war shit. They're like, yes, take the fentanyl. 
I don't know why I made him sound vaguely like Russian. Like, <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, man, it's crazy. This dope show, man. Uh, it's just watching all the different, all the different gangs and stuff. And at one point, you realize when they were working with the cartel, they were talking to one dude who was like, he's just a cog in the bigger gear piece, the bigger machine that is the cartel. And this motherfucker said, yeah, man, that's why I got this mask on. I didn't even really want to do this interview. But then, uh, it came down from the top that I needed to do it. Yo. The fucking cartel is allowing Netflix in because they know it's good for their business, dog. They've seen all the fucking, all the series everybody goes crazy on, on Netflix for glamorizing the fucking lifestyle and shit. They're like, yeah, give us free recruitment, bitch. We don't care. Fucking go talk to Jorge who kills motherfuckers and walk around free right now because we got his back. Because shit's paid for down here. Like, he, like it was so crazy to, like, hear him say, like, the camera crew, the, the voiceover, they never said none of that shit explicitly. But when you hear the motherfucker there, they're interviewing say, like, yo, I didn't want to do this, but then the bosses told me to do this. But the bosses are nowhere to be fucking seen. They're not even in the shit. That means niggas in the higher-ups of the cartels and the gangs of the people who they are recording said, yeah, come in, see how he doing it, because they know that's good fucking PR for them, man. They playing fucking 4D chess out here in the street, dog. The game has changed 2020, nigga. Get with it, dog. Um, <laughs> it was, uh, it's wild to watch, man. It was wild to watch. <laughs> so, you know, that's what I've been doing. That's what I did, like, most of this morning is I just watched dope. <laughs> uh, just smoke dope and watch dope. Uh, but the thing is, they never really talk about marijuana. If they find marijuana on the show, it's coincidental. That's the dope I'd be smoking is the cannabis. Uh, and, like, like usually that's, like, the, their last concern on the show. Um... And usually, like, if somebody gets caught with cannabis, they're like, eh, this isn't really what we were looking for, but we'll fucking take it. Yo, I forgot to talk about this one wild motherfucker. He was talking to this bounty hunter down in Atlanta, and this motherfucker literally said, this nigga literally said, yeah, man, there's nothing I'd rather do than be out here hunting humans. What the fuck did you just say to me? He literally looked the camera dead in the eye and said, I love hunting human beings. Do you know how that sounds? Do you know how sociopathic that fucking comes across? And then every, I swear to God, every fucking episode, every cop, every officer, every fucking agent is trained to say the same fucking line. They say the same fucking line in every episode. Yeah, every, every little bit of drugs we get off the street, we're saving lives. We're saving lives. Like, they've been coached to say that every fucking time, dude. But at the same time, in every episode, 
episode, there's the realization that for every motherfucker that they stop, there's ten other motherfuckers out there trafficking even, like, more amounts of insane drugs throughout the country and internationally. They have international episodes. They go to Spain and the Netherlands and shit. I'm waiting for season four because they definitely got to go to China and Japan. Like, I'm waiting for them to go to Asia. They got, yo, Netflix, if you're listening, if the makers of Dope are listening, yo, man, I got to see what the drug game is like out in Asia, dog. Like, uh, bruh, because they've done America, and that, and that in of itself, like, they've done the Americas. They did Canada, the U.S., Mexico, Colombia for South America. Um, so, like, that part of the globe has been covered, and then they went and they did a few episodes in Europe. Look, yo, I want to see the Asia episodes, and I want to see the Africa episodes. I want to see the Nigerian fucking gangsters. What are they pushing? How are they doing it? Um, like, that, yeah, man. So, I'm deep into this documentary shit right now, bro. And if you're wondering, if you're a colleague of mine, yo, it sounds like LJ might got a new bit out of this documentary shit. Yo, absolutely wrote it down today uh <laughs> actually you know what was fucked up today that happened to me um so my phone does this fucking weird shit where like it'll duplicate notes it'll duplicate notes sometimes so then i gotta go through and erase uh the duplicate notes you know uh so i was going through last night I may have been dragging. Uh, <laughs> I was erasing duplicate notes. And then I woke up this morning and I realized, oh, fuck. I had accidentally deleted wholesale uh, one of my, like, master comedy notes. Like, this note's, like, uh, there's a title in my phone and it's something along the lines of, like, uh, premises. Like, it just says premises. Like, these are just nugget ideas of bits. Um and there's a giant fucking list of them um, from, like, the when I first started comedy to now. Um, and I accidentally deleted that shit. I was like, oh, fuck, when I realized that. But you got to calm down, hold up. This is why I created a system of redundancies. Not only within my phone are all of my bits scattered through different set lists so I could reassemble it over time. Um... But not really, because you see, with the the premises list, some of those never really went anywhere. And so, like, it's good to have that so I can circle back to them in case I want to get back to them. So, the true redundancy system is I had printed out the test bit list uh, in the past to go over it physically on paper with a highlighter and a pen and a paper. So, I have that shit. I got a physical copy of it, motherfucker. Uh, And then, even more recently, right when all the Rona shit happened, happened i was like okay what i'll do is uh the 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 few bits that weren't on the list when i printed it out that are on the list now i'll print those out okay so i printed those out but then you know we was in quarantine uh did that uh comic of the month tournament thing and i want to do all new material for that so i was writing new material putting new premises in that premise bank in them them premise lists um and so uh i had like a few few good bits actually uh from quarantine fucking on that premise list and then uh the shit got deleted and so i had to stitch it back together using what was printed off at the beginning of quarantine and then by going back 
finding the archives of the live stream of the Comic of the Month show and listening to those back over again to remember the, uh, the premises and the jokes and how they went and stuff. Uh, I did that for one half. I'm going to have to do that for the other half later, the other set, the first set. Um, I did the second round earlier. I'll do the first round later. Uh so, like, I had to do a full emergency, like, recovery of some fucking quarantine bits today. Uh, peek into the life of a comedian, you know, sometimes. And the, and the whole reason that I realized I had accidentally deleted that note, I probably wouldn't have realized I had deleted that note for, like, so long. Um, except for the fact I was watching Dope and I came up with a fucking, <laughs> came up with some shit to say, and then I went into my documents to go to the fucking premise list to jot some shit down. It wasn't there. I was like, yo, Nick, what the fuck? Uh, so what's cool is it, it's all connected to my phone through my email, so I was able to go back through my email, find the old shit, forward it back to myself. Fucking put it back in my phone, back in my notes list, recovered pretty much everything except for a few bits. Had to go rewatch some sets. Oh no, you had to rewatch some sets? That's how you're supposed to do the shit anyway. So, you know, no harm, no foul, ultimately. Uh, but, uh, you know, it's, uh, you know, you don't want to lose anything, man. That's the most tragic thing. It's like. It's hard enough when, when a bit comes into your head and you're like, no, don't worry, I got it. I got it. I'll remember it later to write it down. You're not going to remember that shit. You are not going to remember that shit. So that's already hard enough. But imagine re having remembered the shit, having written it down, and then it still eludes you because of some dumb fucker you did while you was drunk fucking around with duplicate notes. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, that happened. Um, so, yeah, man, I'm uh, sorry. I'm in here looking at my notes uh, trying to see where we're at in the podcast, um, let's see, do I want to talk about unemployment food stamps yet, man, like, really, the only thing I want to say about that, man, is, like, yeah, they got you doing wild shit for the food stamps, Doug, like, so, I actually signed up for food stamps before the whole shit hit the fan, before the pandemic was, like, worldwide, um, before everybody was sheltered in place, um, and some of the requirements for the food stamps is they want you taking, like, online classes on their bullshit system. Okay, fine. Um, not excited about it, but okay, I kind of get it. Like, really, you want me doing busy work so I can stay employable so I don't come to, like, my whole life require food stamps. I get it. I get it. Um... And then they want you looking for a job. Now, under normal circumstances, that would make fucking sense, too. Uh, but in a goddamn world of pandemic, motherfucking nobody is hiring right now. Especially for me, who's a restaurant worker. I feel like if a restaurant is open right now doing takeouts and deliveries, they're operating on a skeleton crew. They don't fuck, they're not looking to hire anybody right now. Also, if there is anybody out there hiring right now, it's fucking grocery stores and shit because they need extra stockers and fucking loaders and shit. And so if you go do that, cool, you get paid for a little while doing some bullshit you don't really want to fucking do, um, which is the case for all of the jobs you're looking at, really. But in this case... You know in like a fucking month or two they're going to want to get rid of you. They're going to fucking cut your hours down to shit. Like I know a homie up in uh in fucking Seattle that I met through the 
through the Northwest uh, Black Comedy Festival. Shouts out to Suitman. Uh, I don't want to put his fucking shit out there. I mean, he, he put it on Facebook. Like, they cut his fucking hours, dog. He was working at, I think, like a Safeway or some shit uh, when the pandemic shit hit. And, oh, Seattle's way worse than fucking Boise is. And, like, they shut everything down. Only thing's open is grocery stores. Gets a job at the grocery store. Things going on right together. Hanging on by a fucking thread. And then these motherfuckers cut the hours, like, almost more than in half on him like out of nowhere yeah because as soon as shit starts stabilizing they're gonna realize oh we don't need to be ordering this much shit we don't need this many people unloading and stocking shit we can fucking trim some of this fat like the market will readjust so to be looking for a job right now is kind of the most absurd ridiculous fucking bullshit to have to do when everybody's fucking having to stay inside and they're like you need to be thinking about a fucking job so then we'll give you food and it's like that's the stupidest fucking system i've ever heard of in my goddamn life an emergency system like that that shit should 110 percent be suspended like bruh no no even if i found a job it wouldn't be a job that i want it wouldn't be a job that i'd be looking to keep even if they didn't fire me after the pandemic it would be a job that i would want to leave after the fucking pandemic like it's so fucking stupid also i i'm fucking doing doordash whenever i possibly fucking can like i would rather lean into that more full time than fucking deal with their bullshit man this fucking food stamp shit is bullshit and employment unemployment hasn't even fucking started coming in dog like i check in every week and they're just like okay we'll talk to you eventually and it's like well goddamn laid off from my usual job barely holding on with the doordash shit man because you know like, there's so many people doing that right now, and it's, like, hard to get on the schedule, like, and they'll just at the drop of the hat, they'll be like, yo, go out right now, and it's like, I'm eating dinner with my fucking family, it's the pandemic, leave me alone, <laughs> like, it, it, it's just, they never hit you up at a good time, so then you gotta try and really be proactive within their system, and it's just a whole bunch of bullshit, now I'm just belly aching about a bunch of shit, that's not what this is supposed to be about, um... But, yeah, man, fucking universal basic income. That's what we need, man. That's what we need, universal basic income. Needed it, like, yesterday. Needed it. Needed it in, like, fucking, tw honestly, honestly, we needed that shit in 2016. That we fucked up. America fucked up. Obviously, obviously, obviously we fucked up. Um... <laughs> like almost I feel like almost any other any any anybody else any other like anybody else like any other government not just the motherfucker at the top don't even want to say his name Vold on some Voldemort level shit not, not just the one motherfucker at the top that you think I'm talking about, but the five or seven, six motherfuckers in the, in, in the Congress and the, and the courts and the, and the bureaucracies, you know, there's motherfuckers out there, uh, uh, helping shit along. Now, if in 2016 we had made some different choices collectively as a nation, 
there would be different people in those positions. There would be a different power structure. And then when people started pushing even further to the left, asking about UBI and shit, they would have been more open to that possibility. And then when the pandemic shit happened, it would have been like an obvious, okay, we have to do this now. But because we dealing with hard head, stubborn ass, bullshit motherfuckers at the top, they don't want to recognize that their whole fucking belief system of philosophies and government and economics have come crashing down under the weight of a fucking natural disaster unlike anyone has ever seen on a planetary basis. (sighs) Sorry, I was getting real passionate there. But yeah, man. Oh, fuck. That... I accidentally slided into some shit. Uh, I was probably <laughs> who should have saved that. Uh, <laughs> um, there's this whole thing in my notes. This whole section in my notes, like we could, if I really ran out of time, y'all. If I really ran out of time, we could do a whole big deep dive into like political and intellectual, philosophical shit. Shit that. I, I didn't cover in the spirit talk like more of a more of a here and now sociological ideas talk um less of a spirit realm dive um so like I was thinking about doing that man but also might need to hold on to that for the next episode uh (laughs) episode six honestly that's why I'm waiting till I record episode six get that all set up and done, um, wait until I have basically all first of the six episodes set up, ready to go, um, before I start releasing them, and then I'm gonna start releasing them after six is ready to go, um, and that way I can keep releasing them regularly without worrying about having to record seven, um, too soon, like, I could wait until I'm already up to releasing four or five to even record fucking seven um and that would still give me like a week or two to fucking put seven together and then put it out there but i would like to work faster than that but i I, i've talked to you guys about the banking before about the banking of episodes um how there's probably a little bit of a lag time for y'all um especially going back and listening to episode one i realize like listening to episodes one and two um is gonna be trippy than a motherfucker because it's all gonna be pre-quarantine shit it's gonna be such a blast from the fucking past man um and then you'll get to hear like the progression into insanity of like having to stay inside all the fucking time yeah man water you're 70% water, you're 80% water, something like that, I don't know, I'm not a biologist, did you come here for biologist shit, I hope not, uh, oh, thank god, we're at 30 minutes, we made it halfway, people, halfway to my contractually obligated hour, um, (laughs) why do podcasts have to be an hour, I don't know, I decided that this podcast always needs to be minimum an hour, um, because after I did the whole, like, Spirit Talk series, episode 3, episode 3.5, I realized, damn, nigga, you went off for, like, almost five and a half fucking hours, um, on one topic, so I was like, it shouldn't be that hard to just sort of, like, sort of, like, freestyle, jot some notes down, you know, just sort of vibe it out, go for an hour, that shouldn't be too hard, 
Um, and if I can't get an hour in one sitting, I, I'm, I've, I'm learning the system of how to press stop and come back and record more later and how to do that. Because um, <laughs> uh, if you recall back a few episodes, I have a real problem with being able to pause and then pick back up again. It was a real fucking issue. But in order to get through episode 3.5, <laughs> we had to get over that. Um, so, you know, that's what we did. Um, so, you know. Oh, yeah. I talked a little bit last time about artistic angst right like i gave you all the rundown on my fucking graphic novel and shit updates on the graphic novel let's do an update on the graphic novel um so real quick i just want to let you guys know that like year one of the graphic novel is uh was conceptualization like year one when, yeah, year one is conceptualization. That is to say, the idea is entirely in my head, and then started getting down into a sketch notebook, sketchbook, um, rough draft of characters and ideas and stuff. And then, and then my like years two uh, to three was like outlining the shit. Was getting on the computer, outlining the plots and the characters and where the whole thing's gonna go, and the antagonists and uh, and the through lines that I want. Figure that all out. Okay, and then like, years four to five, where we're at now, um, and that's a very blurred timeline. Don't take that strictly. That's like, I definitely over-exaggerated how long I spent on the outline timeline, um, but good amount of time was spent outlining, and then now we've been spending about, I want to say probably like two and a half years, yeah, um, writing. Actually, no, not true, because it's actually been like three, three and a half years writing, because I was writing, and then... Oh, fuck, no. It's actually four full years of writing. And then it's actually like five or six when you include outlining conceptualization. Um, because, yeah, <laughs> 2017, I went back and everything that I had up to that point in terms of like the manuscript, not the outline, the manuscript, I highlighted in red, was like basically like, trash, this is prequel fodder. Um, start here um and i did that because i was in a uh creative writing class or it wasn't a creative writing class it was an international film and lit class it was one or the other and we had this person who had written their own graphic novel um came in and talked about it um and one of the things one of the lessons they taught us is like or one of the things that they just said was, like, people care so much less about backstory than you think they do. Um, and you want to start... Um, you want to start with something gripping. You want to start in, with something that will hook the reader, that will grab them. An action scene, interrogation, high stakes. Some, like, it's better to drop the audience in the middle and kind of let them play catch-up a little bit because that forces them to engage with the story more um and so i kind of made that move um and now 
like three and a half years later, I'm sort of rethinking that move. I'm like, oh, maybe I should start a little bit different. Because uh, I've heard about the drawbacks, the cliches of starting with like an action scene. Um, and just in general, action scenes can be kind of difficult to write well because there's like a macro and a micro. On like the, on like the macro level, the fight should serve like a real purpose. On the micro level, every movement within the fight should serve a purpose like it like the more you break it down so that it makes sense on every level um and then you just you don't make that a part of like what you present you that's shit you do in the background um then on the page or on the screen when you present it and it flows so evenly and nicely, it's because you went through and you fucking did all this puzzle piecing together in the back. And now that I'm starting to learn all of that, you know, I'm rethinking like the first two chapters of the book, which took a long time to put together, okay? These, first of all, these are long chapters. I thought they were short chapters. No, 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 no. A short chapter is like a few pages. Each one of these chapters is many multiple pages. And you know why? Because I'm not really thinking of them as chapters so much as they're... Each chapter is its own story. It's its own issue of a comic book. It, you know, it's, it's its own little beginning, middle, end situation going on with an overall through line. And so each chapter is in its own right a story. Okay, and so that that makes them significant to write, and so basically that's all to say that I'm, now I'm in chapter three. I've been writing chapter three um, in, in in quarantine. It's given me a lot of time to focus on that, not as focused on comedy. You know, my creative energies aren't as split, um, and so I've been focusing on chapter three, um, and it's really been coming together, man. I'm so fucking satisfied with chapter three um and that's basically all i wanted to say to you guys on the update is like just how well that it's coming together it, chapter three is really coming together like because i feel like i've at this point in the story earned the right to let things kind of breathe to take my time more like at the beginning i hit the ground fucking running this is the world these are the characters pick it up come on let's go we're killing motherfuckers now and then it's like it's a fucking it was like sort of this constant action and now we're getting a chance to fucking step back fucking they're in transit they're fucking talking to each other the the the, the mission's got way small scale down to earth uh it it's a nice shifting gears in the narrative that i as the writer am enjoying so i feel like the reader will really enjoy it uh and the only pause that that gives me is chapter two was really kind of a slog for me a slog for me as the writer and and so what's hard to know is was that just for me or is it going to be reading it is it going to be a slog too um, you know, is it going to feel weird and disjointed because it took me so long to do chapter two? Chapter one really came together quite easily as chapter three is coming together quite easily. But chapter two was difficult, I think, because the, the themes and the ideas in chapter two are harder to tr harder for me to trust the audience with. Right. Because you always want 
want you, the themes of the narrative to be sort of sprinkled in there so the astute viewer can see them, but not, you know, you don't want to be bashing the general public over the head with your fucking moral philosophies embedded within the story um or whatever the fuck you know in chapter two a lot of it's still about the characters getting to know each other becoming comfortable with each other and and so what i'm worried is you know that's the idea of the story is there's sort of this awkward coming together and so how do you write that awkward coming together without it reading awkward you know, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't want the reader to have like, to have an awkward pacing, but the reality of a relationship building is there is some awkward pacing. There is some weird beats here and there, you know, as people are coming to know each other and trust each other. And so it, it's just as a fiction writer, there's this constant push and pull, I think I mentioned this with dialogue last time, between like the reality of it, because you want it to feel somewhat immersive, and, and the pull of its fiction, let's have fun, let's go to the races, you know, it's because you need sort of one for both, it's the yin and the yang of writing fiction, you know, we're writing fiction so that we can do fantastic, incredible, awesome, dope things, but in order for those to make sense, to track, to feel meaningful, we gotta put in the real shit somewhere in there somehow you know to bring people in and so it, it it's this constant yin yang you know it's all about balance surprise he brought it back to balance motherfuckers that's gonna happen a lot through this podcast just throughout the the lifespan the history of this podcast there's gonna be a lot of me talking about balance it's just gonna happen man it's just part of it um <laughs> So, yeah, just wanted to update you guys. Uh, chapter 3 of the graphic novel, it's going well, I'm liking it. Um, only problem is I wrote myself to a point uh, where now I'm thinking about this dialogue scene that has to happen. Um, and it's it's got to be tense. It's The outcome is like when you think about it realistically, it'd be kind of weird. Um, so, yeah, I have to come up with like sort of believable motivations for for both parties and it's um you know i've i've done something that i do myself a lot as a writer and i've written myself not into a corner i i don't want to say that i don't like what the mental weight that comes with saying you've written yourself into a corner but i write myself often into situations where it's like mm, i might need to learn a lesson to be able to write this more effectively um, I might need to do some research. I might need to fucking. I might need to go write something else so that I can better comprehend how to write this scene. Um, and so you know that's difficult. Um, I was watching this one thing on YouTube about one of this one of these writers said like if you're a young writer maybe don't start out writing this big epic fucking tale uh because you'll probably never finish it uh, um i've made peace with the fact that i might spend my whole life working on this graphic novel for it, only for it to become successful once i'm dead um you know that's the level of like dedication i have to this project and there's other things that i want to write and there's other things that i want to do and so i should 
probably carve more time out in my day dedicated purely to writing. That's not just for the graphic novel that I can spend time writing other things. Um, but, uh, like, yeah, man, it's, uh, it, it, it'll take however long it takes, you know, and really the idea, um, <laughs> really the idea, uh, is to get, uh, this part of the graphic novel, these parts that I'm working on now, polished and to a point to where I can sell the idea to other people to get a team of people working on it so that we can then sell that to a distribution network of some kind. The idea is eventually to get more writers and more artists in on the project with me under me, people who believe in the project and the story and the ideas and stuff and who like it and know where it's going, bring them in and help. Because that'll take so much weight off of me because there's no way that one man can write all the things that I'm thinking about writing right now. But I can sort of point the direction for other people, get set the tone for them. You know, me, I'll come in, I'll write the first issue of this character with you, and I'll oversee it, but then I'm going to need you guys to do some of the rest of it. I'm really trying to stay and lead this shit, if you understand what the fuck I'm saying. Like, I'm really trying to low-key build a fucking uh, uh, an entertainment empire here. Um... <laughs> Join me, won't you, <laughs> on the ground level of my entertainment empire? Um, <laughs> it sounds so fucking stupid to say, but hey, I'm saying it, so now I'm held accountable. Now I'm smoking weed. See, he undercuts himself. See, so you never know when to take him too seriously. You know, it's a, it's a defense mechanism. Anyway, uh, where was I? Oh, we were talking about the graphic novel. Um, I think I said everything I wanted to say about the graphic novel, man. You know, chapter three is going well. It's a big endeavor. It's a large undertaking. It's going to take a long time, but I'm liking the speed at which I'm going through chapter three. But I can tell chapter 3 is going to be one of the longest chapters. Because I've already done like several pages. <coughs> several, several pages of them just getting to where they need to go. And just talking to each other. But in a way that I feel is interesting and fascinating. They keep covering. I have this subplot that I'm teasing. And I feel like I'm teasing it in the right way. Sort of showing the viewers and letting them come to understand what's going on rather than telling them until, you know, the time is kind of right <laughs> to put it out in the... Like, when would the characters talk about it? People don't talk about things that that are on the table immediately all the time. Some, you've been in a room. You've been in a room where multiple people know what the fuck is going on with, like, somebody else, and everybody's kind of looking around like, are we going to talk about this? Are we going to talk about, is now the time? Should we wait? I, for one, want to kind of talk about this. And everybody can kind of have that conversation almost, like, entirely subtextually. Like, body language. Like, like you've, you know what the fuck I'm talking about. 
Um, so, you know, it's sort of, it's sort of one of those moments where it's like, when, when are we going to really breach this subject and, and sort of realistically doing that? Um, it's so interesting to talk about what I'm doing in my writing and vagaries and like really, cause I don't want to spoilers for anybody, but like to, you know, talk about my creative process and where I'm at. Um, let's see, we talked about that, oh, okay, so, this is what this is for, this is why, <laughs> this is why this segment was invented, ladies and gentlemen, bonus segments, pow, 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 um, yeah, I still don't, I still don't have a real soundboard, uh, with sound effects, <laughs> but, uh, ladies and gentlemen, it is time for that fucking movie. Um, yeah, you guys, it's that fucking movie. I've been teasing you guys for a long time. Star Wars rankings, reviews. We're going to talk Star Wars. Um, because honestly, this list, I don't know if it's finished. I think it's ever moving, um, ever evolving. And it's like, I, all I'm talking about right now is the movies. I can't even include Mandalorian and Clone Wars on this shit. The, the shows, they're almost in a league of their own because they're so fucking good. Some of the best Star Wars is, is serialized television Star Wars. Is the animated show and fucking Mandalorian, dude. I feel like Star Wars needs to take the hint, like, just lean into the TV, bro. Just lean into the TV. And that is not to say that I did not fucking love episode 9. I feel like some people are going to hear me say what I just said. And they'll be like, yeah, the thing is, the, last, the sequel trilogy ended horribly. No, I loved it. I loved all of it. I loved Force Awakened. I loved The Last Jedi. I loved what the other one was called. I forget it right now. Well, Rise of Skywalker. It's on a paper in front of me. That made me feel stupid. Um, anyway, Rise of Skywalker. Loved it, man. And really what fucks up this whole list, this whole ranking system, is fucking Han Solo and Rogue One. If I was just uh, talking about the Skywalker saga, that might be easier. That might be easier. And I don't know why on my list I didn't do that, but I fucking didn't. Um, and this is what the list that I have on paper, but I have problems with my own list on paper. Um, <laughs> so I don't remember how I came to this conclusion as my problem. I think I was in an obstinate mood. I was in an obstinate mood and I had just seen episode nine. Okay. So I was in an obstinate mood. I had just seen Rise of Skywalker. I was upset that the mixed reviews on Rise of Skywalker. I was like, why can't we all just love Star Wars? Star Wars is the shit. Quit being a snobby, jaded fucking prick and just watch the dope people in space do dope shit. Like, I, like what the fuck? Just, it, it's dope. Just... I'm sorry. I, was, it, I knew this was going to happen. I was going to get too passionate in Star Wars talk. And, and that's what we're doing now. That's where we're at. 
Um, the good news is it eats up time really well. Um, God damn, I am famished. I am hungry, you guys. I'm cooking after this. I gotta cook. I'm gonna start dinner. Putting some wings in. We're gonna make up some chicken wings. Um, and uh, we need to get a snack, man. Oh, fucking munchies, dude. Fucking munchies, man. Anyway, Star Wars. Hold on. I gotta, I gotta eat something, man. I'm, I'm really feeling low blood sugar, you know? Hold on. Fucking, always gotta have, always gotta have fruit snacks on hand, man. You always want some, some Welch's fruit snacks on hand. Not a sponsor. Don't have any sponsors. Wish I had a sponsor. Welch's. If any representative is listening to this, and would like to sponsor that fucking podcast, with his host, that fucking guy, LJ Sullivan, who loves a Welch's fruit snack. Get at me. I would love to be an ambassador for the product. Alright. Okay. See. Later you a little something. A little pick-me-up. A little pick-me-up. Get me through this last bonus segment. I don't know. It depends on how long I really end up talking about Star Wars. This might not be the last bonus segment. Might save... The next bonus segment for the next episode. I have no idea. We'll see what happens. Okay. So, this is the list on paper. Now, I want y'all to know, this list on the paper, probably not how I feel right now. This was written a little while ago, but let's just go over the list on paper. I'll try to explain, try to remember my own reasoning. Now, number 11. The one that resides outside of the top 10, because I love fucking Star Wars. There's only so many movies, but the top ten is still the top ten. Those are it, it's top ten. Um, the fact that there's not eighty-seven movies doesn't diminish the top ten in my mind. Um, so number eleven, uh, Han Solo. That movie's just trash, bro. It's just not good. I wish it was better. I really wish it was better. There are parts of it that I really enjoy. Um, Donald Glover as Landau Calrissian. If they just made a movie called Landau and it was just him, I'd definitely go and see that. I want him to have his own Disney Plus series, Landau. Um, I love Landau. Um, that was a great portrayal of Landau. Good job, Donald. Um, I liked some of the, the, there was like some Chewbacca stuff in it. I don't, I don't know, the shit they did with, like, Han had a girlfriend who was in a crime syndicate with Darth Maul, and it's just like, okay, I don't know, it just seemed like, like they were trying to make a character who was already interesting, more interesting, like, like, they were trying to do the thing where, like, when you answer questions, like, the Kessel Run, they... Then try to, you know, plant seeds to other deeper questions, which is, you know, he was on the Kessel Run, but for who and why? Oh, Darth Maul hologram at the end. Um, but I don't, nah, no, don't like it. I didn't like, it just felt, yeah, Darth Maul showing up at the end just felt so weird to me. And his fucking, the, the girlfriend romance thing, I wasn't about it. 
Um, I think the movie would have been better if it had just been sort of more focused on Han and Chewie. Um, but then again, maybe not. Maybe we only like Han and Chewie the way we like Han. Maybe they're spices or side dishes, and too much would be too much. I don't know. But all I know is Han Solo is the weakest of the Star Wars live-action movies. That's the, the point-blank bottom line. You talk to anybody, and that's that's what they say. That's what the, that's a community consensus, man. Um, unless we're talking about the fucking Christmas special, too, which some people love the Christmas special, so let's not, that's not on the list, we're not, we're not talking about that. Now, number 10. Number 10, I have episode 2, The Clone Wars. Um, that's, do I need to explain why? Okay. First of all, it drags, man. It drags. That that's that final act of that fucking movie. Man, it takes so long to get Okay, the Jedi fight in the Coliseum, dope. Um Dooku versus Yoda, dope, but it takes the whole movie to get. Honestly, parts of that movie in my mind were re I realized this when I was rewatching it to go watch episode 9 when I was rewatching the whole series. Parts of episode two in my mind blend into episode three for me. Like, like because I love episode three so much more and like a solid two thirds or a half of episode two is just like garbage. So like in my mind, my mind's memory took all of the good stuff that's in episode two and assigned it to episode three and just made all of episode two trash in my mind. And even though I went through and rewatched it and realized, Oh no, episode two does have some real redeeming qualities. And there are reasons that I liked it to begin with fucking it. No, it's still not that great. You still have to sit through a bunch of bullshit to get to good shit at the end. It's just not, it's just not ideal. Um, now nine, Nine, episode one. Episode one gets spot nine. Why? Uh, pod racing. Fucking love pod racing. Um, fucking Duel of the Fates. Qui-Gon Jinn and Obi-Wan versus Darth Maul. Just Darth Maul. Fucking dope as shit. Qui-Gon. Fucking dope as shit. I don't give a fuck about the midichlorians explanation. I don't know why everyone gets their panties up in a fucking bunch when... uh, Oh, somebody in an order, a mythical, mystical order, has, like, a different take on how the magic works? Oh, no. That ruins the whole series. The fuck are you talking about, man? Qui-Gon's the shit. You figured out Force Ghosts, so go fuck your mother, okay? <laughs> Someone isolate that clip. Someone isolate me going, Qui-Gon's the shit. You figured out Force Ghost, so go fuck your mother. <laughs> isolate it, loop it, put it into a song, send it to the email. <laughs> Thanks, Internet. And thank you, Welch's Fruit Snack, for providing. The upper that I needed to get through this segment. Welch's fruit snack. Juicy. Even after they spend like a few years on the same counter. It's weird. It's unsettling. 
but they do what they need to do. Um, okay. Episode, er, not episode eight. <laughs> um, spot eight goes to episode seven. I like episode seven. To me, now that we're in like, like, okay, so 10, 9, 10, and 11 needed to be like sort of bottom rung in my mind. And now, like, 8, 7, 6 are, like, sort of the middle of the way ones. Like, the ones that are okay in my mind. Like, they're fine. They're good enough. They're, like, standard, average Star Wars. Like, you like them. Um, like, don't... It's not, like, blow your dick out of the water, but it's good still. Um, so, spot 8 goes to episode seven i like it some people really don't like the whole that it feels so much like episode four um but understand that episode four feels a lot like episode one intentionally um and so then it would also make sense that episode seven feel like a lot of episode four and that feels like a lot like episode one because the whole thing is built off this philosophy of uh history rhyming uh fucking hegelian dialectic do some goddamn reading you dumb fucks um but uh what's cool too though um is so i guess a hegelian dialect is history repeats itself but the whole history rhymes thing uh that lucas does is actually low-key more of like a marxist take on the hegelian dialectic um which is uh things always change um and then uh there's also like i mean technically he said they changed to become like a satirical mirror of the original so that sort of breaks down my metaphor because then it starts to make like episodes one and seven sound like they're total trash because they're a satirical mirror straying further and further from the original which is episode four and look if that's your take if that's your philosophy that's fine but in my mind it's just a repeating of the same central themes and ideas put on different like archetypes and different times and different political situations it i don't know to me the star wars universe is fascinating because it has certain universal themes but then things are also always changing which mirrors reality right we have these universal themes that we as humans kind of all carry with us things we all seem to think are important but also uh, society and life and the things around us are always changing and so and here's the thing some people like it when on a fundamental level their entertainment mirrors reality and some people hate it because they want their entertainment to be an escape from reality. And I totally get that, especially with the Star Wars crowd. But, like, I don't know, man. I'm really getting way too deep on this right now. Point blank, bottom line, spot eight on my list went to episode seven. Spot seven goes to episode five. Ho, ho, drama. Um, <laughs> because that's Empire 
And Empire is everybody's favorite movie in the Star Wars universe. And I think if you remember my opinions when we were talking about the MCU universe and what everybody loves in that fucking universe so much, goddamn Winter Soldier, everybody rides his dick so goddamn hard. Yeah, I feel the same way about this shit. Everybody rides fucking... Uh, goddamn, I almost said Raiders of the Lost Ark. No, everybody rides <laughs> the Empire Strikes Back's dick so fucking hard, dog. Everybody rides that movie's dick so hard, like, oh, it's so dark and metal and it's so fucking awesome. Basically, everyone listened to what Kevin Smith had to say and why he loves Empire Strikes Back and why Empire is his number one. And everyone at conventions and in Star Wars fandom has been parroting that ever since ever since the conversation and fucking clerks like everybody's like oh empire is the best empire's hands down best movie um there's no refuting it and it's like shut the fuck up okay it depends on what part of the story you like if you're really infatuated with the middle of stories okay then fine empire's your goddamn movie I personally like conclusions. I'm a bigger fan, as we'll see when we work our way through the list of the fucking conclusion movies. I'm a fan of fucking, let's wrap this shit up, maybe tease some shit for later. Fucking final battles, fucking dope, satisfying shit happens. The narrative is fully illuminated. It fucking... I like the finishers, okay? I like the finishing shot, man. I don't hate the player, hate the game, dog. So, yes, Empire for me, number seven. Still top ten. Get out, Don't fucking talk to me, man. I, it is what it is, brother. Um, now, what will really piss people off is that I put episode eight at six which would technically mean that I'm saying The Last Jedi is better than Empire, and I don't know if I agree with that now. Um, I might flip those now in this moment. But for some reason, when I was writing the list, apparently I felt... I just get real passionate about everybody loving Empire, and like I said, I was in a super obstinate mood when I wrote this list, so maybe I did that kind of to troll everyone who ever looks at the list. Um, <laughs> whoever reads the list, like, what? He thought Empire was fucking not as good as The Last Jedi? Or, he thought The Last Jedi was better than fucking Empire? Um, just to get nerds' panties in a bunch, man. I don't know if I really believe that. Um, but yeah, on the, on the paper, on s 6 is fucking episode 8. Um, The Last Jedi, I actually really liked that movie. Um, again, if you, I think you've listened to my philosophies on, like, sort of literature and shit, like, like, that movie's whole thing is like, yeah, shit's changing. Shit's gonna get weird. Um, it's still the Star Wars universe. You see the lightsaber in my hand, you see the things we're doing with the Force and stuff, but also, it's gonna get weird. Um, and then, so some people really liked that. And then we're angry because episode 9 might have not got as weird as episode 8 promised. But, like, to me, to me it was preparing you for some of the things in 9 that people sort of 
don't talk if they talk about it it sort of gets brushed under the rug because people are more willing to accept it like because of things that happened in episode eight i don't know man i just um i liked episode eight i thought it was fun that fucking fight at the end when he kills snoke yo when they're fighting together in that throne room against like the uh, fucking the like honor guard or whatever those red motherfuckers yo that shit was sick um then in the five spot we're going top five baby um i put a new hope episode four the one that started it all Maybe in my mind it made sense that it should be in the top five, but then I also, like I said, I think a big part of me writing this list was my whole philosophy of the conclusion movies being the best in my opinion, and sort of like trying to highlight that, Um, and so I don't, again, I don't know if this is how I feel, this is what's on the paper, in this moment I probably feel different, I would probably put four actually further up on the list right now and bump a couple of the things coming up um but that's what's on the list i was in a fucking mood when i made the list um then number four rogue one rogue one is hands down the shit love rogue one why is it in the four spot there's other things that i like also but rogue one is the shit that's how you do a star wars prequel bitches um like so good so so good i didn't even not like any of the cgi i was confused when people were upset by it like dude so good the vader scene at the end oh oh god you guys it was so fucking good um i don't know yeah it's it's just a really well done movie it's like um the pacing is on point too um right when you feel like it's like okay what are we doing here boom they hit you and and then they keep moving and and then they and then you get to a point in the movie where it's like, oh, okay, this is what we're doing. This is what we're doing. Oh, fuck. Oh, fuck. Oh, fuck. And then that leads directly into episode four so well. Like, Rogue One sets up episode four so fucking well. And that's, I think that's why I put Rogue One over episode four. Even though episode four was the first kid on the block. Super important. Props do where props are due. But Rogue One, like... Did that crazy, like, yo, Rogue One did that endgame shit, dog. You know how endgame completely reconceptualized, like, Thor the Dark World, so now it's actually an re- enjoyable movie to rewatch? Yo, Rogue One, first of all, wasn't trying to elevate trash. It was trying to meet, like, this gold star in the sky. And not only did it get there, it fucking made it brighter. Like, Rogue One, when you watch it, it makes Episode 4, like, sing just a little bit more. Like, it's just that little... mm, Ah, just that little spice extra on top that the chef put on, that the chefs at Disney put on to make the whole saga sing. Just a little bit extra. Just a little bit extra. Look at Darth Vader in his prime just right before you saw him when his uh, ventilators and shit were malfunctioning and he had to be in back to tanks and shit. Like, just give him a little taste of him running through motherfucking little lightsaber. (sighs) 
Yeah, sorry, that was like a nerd orgasm, almost. Um, anyway. <laughs> three. In the three spot, I have episode three. Why do I have episode three so high on this list? Um, I'm trying to think of my reasoning. Like, it really does hit a nostalgia spot for me. Um, I saw Star Wars episode three when it came out in theaters, um, I think in like 2003, 2000, 2002, whenever the movie fucking came out. I saw it in theaters, and at the time, we thought it was the last Star Wars movie, man. We thought that was it. And I I was old enough, I, I want to say, so I would have been like, I think like seven or eight. I was just old enough to kind of understand and appreciate, like, the magic. The magic of, like, this might be it. Like, I, you, go, you went there and you saw everybody in their costumes, their lightsabers and shit, and everybody was so fucking thrilled. Like, it, like yo, episode three just, yeah, holds, like, a real special place in my heart because... It was the first Star Wars I saw in theaters. We thought thought it was going to be the last Star Wars in theaters. Like, that was it, man. And I got, it's like I got in just under the wire. Like, and I, I saw it on like a premiere night. Like, it was, it was dope, man. And episode three is hands down the best of the prequels. Again. The thing that finalizes the arc, that makes the other two movies make fucking sense. Like, oh, I see why we had to slog through that bullshit to get to this dope shit over here. The fucking... Yo, some people think the Mustafar fight at the end drags too long. I don't. I loved it. Uh, The fucking fight between Yoda and the Chancellor, Palpatine, and then fucking Mace Windu going to get Palpatine, Anakin cutting down the younglings. Yo, that movie is metal as fuck also it opens hard fucking core with them sieging that like gunship taking out dooku heads off with his bitch ass dual lightsabers anakin kicking some bitch ass dooku ass like yo yo it's so good that's why i have episode three and three that's why i love episode three now, me in this moment now not being as obstinate and as hard-headed as when I made this list, I could honestly see Episode 3 being bumped up behind Rogue One, behind Episode 4, and if we flip-flopped Episode 8 and 5, maybe even potentially behind Episode 5 after Episode 8, so that would put it at like the sixth spot or something like i might take it down in the rankings by like half almost you know now that i'm in a different headspace but on the paper it's three and the reason it's on the paper it's three is because i was really trying to drive home the fact that the fucking wrapping up a saga is Way more to me satisfying and engaging than the beginning or the middle. Almost no matter how you slice it. Like, you almost have to really fuck up hard. Also, 
if you fuck up that hard, I'm out the trilogy, dog. Like, uh, The Fucking Hobbit. Yo, The Hobbit, which shouldn't have even been a trilogy, dog. Yo, after I watched the first Hobbit movie, I was like, yo, I don't need to see the other two. Like, that's, like, that's just the way I feel with, like, trilogies. Like, if you got me in the beginning, I'm gonna be satisfied by the end. And if you didn't get me in the beginning, I'm not gonna keep watching. Same thing with Hunger Games. I loved those fucking books. I loved those fucking books. And then after the first movie, I was like, no, they didn't do it right. They fucked it up. And so... Then I didn't watch the rest of the movies. And I think that got four fucking movies, which it should not have. And then, fucking, same thing with goddamn Percy Jackson, bro. I love those fucking books, dog. And then, fucking, they butchered the goddamn movie. And I was like, I don't need to see the second movie. And then they butchered the second one, too. Bro. (laughs) If you get the beginning right, I know I'm going to be happy in the end. But that's why I, I, I almost kind of am devaluing the beginning in my opinion because it's like I need a good beginning because that gives me confidence in the end. But at the same time, the only reason I care about that is because I'm, I'm fucking invested in the end. I want to see the end. The end is what matters to me. The, the conclusion of the story. I love the setup and, and the drama getting there. Yes, but it's not my favorite fucking part. And I don't understand people who love the goddamn middle. Who are like, oh, it's such a cliffhanger teaser. Well, it's the middle, bitch. Of course it's gonna be that. You dumb fuck. Do you not understand story structure? Like, it's just like, I don't... The final part of a trilogy is always the best part of the trilogy. Except for the Matrix. Matrix breaks the rules. The Matrix is... The one that breaks the rule to make the rule, beginning, dope, middle, okay, ending, trash. But they're making a fourth one. They might reboot the fucking franchise, do another three, and it'll be like four, five, six, dope as fuck. That might be, and literally four will be dope, and then five will be an as iffy okay and then six will be the fuck be like oh shit okay it was worth it thank you wachowskis um anyway back to star wars because we're not done with this list at spot two in the top 10 list for star wars movies he has uh episode nine Rise of Skywalker. Why is it at at uh, why is it at spot number two, Jeff? Uh, I just called you Jeff, audience. Yeah, take that. Anyway, uh, why is it at spot number two? I liked it when I saw it, and I wanted to make a point when I was writing the list. That was a really good movie and super enjoyable, and definitely could be in the top of a person's list if that person so wanted it to be so. Again, I was just being fucking obstinate in in my ranking system. I just wanted to prove that I can love that movie and have it at my number two spot. Fuck you. Especially when my perspective is that the end of all the Star Wars trilogies is the best part of the nonology. That 
three, nine, and six, spoilers for the number one spot, are the best ones. Yes, my number one spot is Return of the Jedi. That is my favorite Star Wars movie. That's something I probably wouldn't change. That's something that on this list and right now I feel equally strong about. I I love episode six. I really do. I really think it's the best Star Wars movie because it fucking just it hits all the spots that I need it to hit, man. Like it has all the dope battles. It has like the dramatic tension that like things are exposed that need to be exposed. Things are dealt with that need to be dealt with. Um, it's just such a satisfying end to what is already, like, the greatest story of modern times. Like, yo, I fucking love Star Wars. And the original trilogy, I think, hands down, is the best of the trilogies. And then we can talk about, well, is it the prequels or the sequels did better after that. And then whatever you want to put as the worst of the trilogies, it's fine. That's a different conversation, but, like, to me, the original trilogy is the best, and the part of that trilogy I like the most is the conclusion to that trilogy. Hands down. Like, it's just, that's the way I feel about it. I love the feelings at the end of, like, they did it, they have the party with the Ewoks. The fucking Ewoks, dude! The fucking Ewoks! And, like, it's just it's just a really satisfying fucking movie for me. And, like, the... Something I feel like that is underrated in the Star Wars universe that people don't talk about enough is, like, the conversation that Luke and Vader have as Luke is in cuffs walking to the Emperor... That is one of the most important parts of the whole fucking story. Of all the whole monology. That moment when father and son are walking together and like he's trying, like they're both like. Luke's trying to pull him to the light side. Vader's trying to pull him to the dark side. There, it's like this tit for tat. Com- it's a fantastically written dialogue like some of the best dialogue outside of a quentin tarantino or kevin smith movie you're ever gonna fucking see in your life okay it's great and and it's written in that weird way that lucas could write for some the weird like shakespearean they elevated it like like well then my father truly is dead like the and the way hamill delivered that line like Oh my god. And uh, the Emperor will have his way with blah blah blah. blah. And, and, like, yo. Just, like, because that's also the only time they really have to interact as father and son. Like, it's. Like, he reveals I'm your father in the previous movie. And then they don't see each other. And then when they do see each other, they have this moment right before they're in the presence of Palpatine. And then once they're in the presence of Palpatine, it's like pitched combat. And then after that, 
Vader's dying, and then after that, he's a Force ghost. So really, the only moment that Luke and Vader have that is, like, pure, almost, is, like, that that one moment where Luke knows Vader's his father, and the stakes... That's the place where... The stakes are still really high because the conversation they're having matters. But also, Vader isn't dying. They're not swinging swords at each other. Like, he's not a ghost waving at him. It's the most, like, substantial moment, um, like, for the story, for Luke Skywalker. Like, it's just... Yeah. I like Episode Six. I like Return of the Jedi. I'm not ashamed to say that's my favorite one. If you like Empire more, that's fine. I get it. If you like um, A New Hope because it started the whole thing off, that's fine. I get it. But really, my whole point behind the Star Wars talk was, look, man, don't hate on motherfuckers for why or what Star Wars they like. If they like Star Wars, they're your friend. Because Star Wars is dope and we all love Star Wars. I feel like that's what it should go out on. I feel like I feel like it's been that fucking podcast with your boy, that fucking guy, LJ Sullivan. That's it, man. Next week we will um we might talk about a little bit philosophy. We'll see how things have been going with me and the pandemic and uh We'll just catch up a little bit in episode six, and then once uh, once we do episode six, this shit's going to go live, baby, um, and I will be in the comments and on the social medias talking to y'all, getting y'all's reaction, and uh, then fucking episode seven is probably where it's really going to go off because I'm going to have like emails and stuff from you guys. We're going to be able to actually talk to each other. I won't just be recording my thoughts at this point it's like a journal but anyway i had a good out and then i squandered it kept talking look at this fucking guy still new to the game (laughs) fucking get it together lj anyway peace out you guys much love we'll see you next time